Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Gene Ginsberg here, and welcome to another awesome episode of Listen by Gene Ginsberg. I have a very special guest today, someone I actually have known for quite a while now. Our paths have crossed several times. How's it going, Sergey? It's going great, Gene. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Yes, so great to have you. We actually met originally, I don't know, I guess four years, five years ago or so, when I was living out in California and uh, Sergey's t- company at the time was looking for some marketing support, and that's how we ended up connecting. But it sounds like you've already had a number of exits since that company. We'll talk about that in a minute. So it's uh, very exciting to to have a new startup, which we'll also talk about that. So um, yeah, so I guess usually first question I always ask, just kind of give our audiences some context, is tell us about your background. I I have a somewhat of an unusual, but becoming more usual. Uh, background. I started as um, as a software engineer. Actually, even prior to that, I I had an electrical engineering degree, mechanical engineering, and and was doing just that. And then got interested in computer science. Went to UCSD, got a got a degree there in computer science, and still wasn't really sure what I was going to do uh, because because uh, there's just it was a new field at the time, and I I really wasn't quite clear where exactly would I apply myself. Over time, I figured out that I have a knack for taking complex problems and breaking them down and putting together teams for getting that uh, those problems resolved. And uh, just a typical engineering letter, senior, senior engineer, director, VP of this and the CTO of that, smaller and smaller companies, and then uh, large or rather smaller companies to larger companies um, route. And then, and then started, started going uh, the other way, is, um, uh, picking smaller companies and then eventually my own startups. I always knew that I wanted to do, I wanted to start a business, wasn't really sure how exactly to do that as a, as a software engineer. I just didn't think I had a business acumen in order for me to be able to do it. So I had a choice of doing, doing a the master's degree or doing an MBA. I ended up doing a master's degree in computer science and then eventually a PhD in business. Um, um, uh, lo and behold, I, I didn't really teach me anything about starting a business. And the, the business school or the PhD program starts with, well, if you had a billion dollars, that's what you would do. So they don't tell you exactly how do you get to a billion dollars. So I, I, learned, I learned a lot though, um, with running my own startups, I had quite a few. Um, some of them, uh, I primarily specialize on the B2B side. So some of these startups are usually acquisitions. And so I spend, I, I, would, I would spend a couple of years building a startup and then driving it towards the acquisition and then spend a couple of years at the company that acquires it. So that's, that's my typical route. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I can totally understand. I actually went to business school for a quarter 
and then I end up dropping out. But yes, it's it is like they don't really teach you what happens when you how do you get to a billion dollars? It's like a lot of times you have to start with nothing. So what happens when you do that and how do you get to make a billion dollars? So I feel like they skip a step there. They 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 sure do. It's, yes. They don't tell you what to do when you have just one dollar, right? Yes. So exactly, do I where do I go from there? And no. the typical startup route, and it's just it's just not what's been taught. Yeah, they don't really they don't really yeah, discuss that. So interesting how curriculum probably needs to change in business schools or actually in colleges probably in general, but it's not as applicable anymore to the real world. Um, awesome. I love the background. Thanks for sharing that. So tell us about your current company that you're working on. Um, so I, I recently I recently joined as a late stage co-founder of a company called Sales Message. So what Sales Message does is it's a two-way communication, SMS communication platform. Now, if you were to put, put it in terms that everybody would be familiar with, it would be very, very much analogous to an ESP, email service provider. So typical email service providers like MailChimp, Constant Contact, SendGrid, uh, Bronto. So all of, those, all of those smaller and larger SaaS, um, SaaS providers for email, this would be very much analogous to that concept only on the text messaging side. So this would be, even though their term like that doesn't exist, but there would be a text uh, service provider. So now you, you could ask, well, why do you need a text service provider? Well, exactly for the same reason why you need an ASP. I can open up Gmail and start sending emails, but, but that does not get me, it does not get me to a business to business use case where I need to manage the reputation, manage my unsubscribe, um, um, schedule campaigns and do all of those things that ESP allows for me to do. A similar dynamic exists on the text messaging side and our targeting for the customers is very similar to what those ESPs do. They target small to medium businesses and so do we, right? Uh, if you look at text messaging, just as you look at email, that pie is basically divided into a three unequal pieces. Piece number one is marketing, the other piece is support, and yet another one is sales. Analogous structure exists for, for, the, for the SMS. People use SMS for the, for the purposes of emailing, uh, for the purposes of, of marketing, they use it for the purposes of support, but also for the purposes of sales. So sales message, sales message specifically focuses on the sales part of it. And it has quite a few integrations into its OEM to use in an old term, but really what it means is it's bundled into other services CRM services like HubSpot and ActiveCampaign and PipeDrives and, and so on. So it's basically integrated into them. So if you have one of those CRMs and you need a texting capability, then you would use a plugin. And you can also use sales message directly. You could just come in, sign up and start, start texting. I am actually extremely familiar with sales message. <laughs> I use that for a lot. That's actually the text messaging platform that I recommend for all of my clients. And I probably have gotten 10 clients on that platform in the last like six months. So uh, bringing you business, bringing you business. <laughs> right, which we, which we absolutely appreciate. Yeah. It's uh, it's, a, yeah. Funny. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that you actually, um, are now with sales message because i know you were with uh, another company before that but and then 
I was like, oh, I guess didn't realize that that's that's where you're moving towards. So that's fantastic. And um, and then just for our audiences, I'm pretty familiar with sales messages, but for our audiences, what kinds of businesses do you the sales message work with? Um, we, we, we don't specifically verticalize. So I think your question is, then what, what kind of jobs that are, that our customers are hiring us to do? And what is, what is that typical job? Now, we, we would be, we would be a right type of solution for almost any business from a vertical perspective, dance studios, coffee shops, pizza stores, anything, any, any of the 12 million small to medium businesses in the United States you have could absolutely use our product. Um, but from a, from a vertical perspective and the jobs that are hiring us to do is basically to maintain communication with their, with both their sales leads, leads and their existing customers. Yeah, absolutely. That I, it's become such a, a new way of communicating with, with customers or prospective customers. And I love it. It's, um, it's so different than email and just email has been around for so long and it has been. Oh, so overplayed and just I honestly I honestly feel like no one checks their email anymore <laughs> because it's like That's right just like nobody's picking up their phone anymore yeah right? no so <laughs> totally agreed uh, but people still read their text messages and respond <laughs> they absolutely do and that's why we feel the efficacy of our platform is absolutely beyond what you could get uh, via email or you could you could get via phone calls right so that's indispensable for a small to medium business yes absolutely uh, so what are some of the challenges that you're experiencing in the industry now I'm, I would call it both a challenge and and an opportunity where so it happens so I, I guess 2021 is in, it's a pretty interesting year because it's an interesting year across many different industries beyond just simply being a pandemic year. It's also a year of fundamental tectonic changes that are happening across the board. So if you look at the iOS 14 changes on the, um, uh, on the Apple side and what sort of ramifications that they have for the for Facebook and the uh, privacy, informa- uh, privacy uh, policies and information that gets passed around, which re- uh, required shifting a number of different components and uh, Google changing its uh, its ratings and how it looks at the website, which is coming around. And another change, which is not as well known, but it's uh, it's making its way across the companies in the United States. It's the change. It's it's called the 10 DLC change. Now, so if you look at the what 10 DLC means, exactly analogous to uh, what happens on the email side. So in order for you to be able to email people in, in your email not end up in their spam box, there needs to be some reputation management. And this is exactly what, what email service providers do. So um, the industry, the carriers, basically the pipes um, where the messages are traveling and the companies like um, T-Mobile and Verizon uh, AT&T, they got together and they said, okay, well, there's just a lot of garbage that's traveling across our pipes. So what we need to do, we need to, uh, we need to come up with a process where businesses, real legitimate businesses register, they, they pay a registration fee and they pay a monthly fee. But once they do, there's a profile and their reputation is getting managed and, uh, and the deliverability for those messages is going to improve, right? Because now people are not going to ignore it. They're not, 
they're going to trust where that's coming from. So 10 GLC is basically the code for a local number that, um, that implies the process of registration. So no longer, so around, even though the timeline has been shifting, sometime during the summer, they're going to start assessing both fees and penalizing people who haven't registered their brand, which is basically an indication that they're a legitimate brand now and they can start texting. That's one of the biggest changes that's happening. Now it's lifting a floor in terms of the cost for everybody's involved in text messaging, but it's also an opportunity for legitimate businesses to, uh, to improve their deliverability and improve efficacy of texting. Great, and how, do you, how does someone, if they have a sales message account, go about doing this reputation management? So what they what 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 needs to happen? We're helping our customers uh, to go through this registration process. So the only thing they need to do is uh, come fill out the form, and we go through the we go through the registration process with the single registry, and basically get get them a trust score, and that trust score determines just the same way as the the quality score from Google determines the price for the campaigns. A similar similar process happens here from a trust score perspective. In their particular use case, we're, we're allowing the customers to register uh, with us, and we're doing it on their behalf, and and that's the, trying to make the process as seamless as we possibly can. But that's 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 going on literally right now, and the process is probably going to complete by the end of summer. Okay. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. Online. I was not aware of that, but I but that totally makes sense because it's the same concept, right? There's a lot of trash going on in uh, in the text messaging space as it is in the email space. So I'm sure a lot of spammers are capitalizing on it now. But uh, looks like there's some uh, ways to make there's some help in a way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Um, so, of course, we have had a lot of changes in the last year in, well, across the world, not, not in any specific industry or country, every, everywhere. So how um, has your industry or how has, how has sales message or text messaging changed in the last year? Uh, text messaging, um, there are some industries, if you look at, if you look at COVID, that, that it spelled a doom and gloom for some of the industries related to hospitality and um, 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 hotels, restaurants, anything that has to do with in-person attendance. But it has been fairly, fairly um, um, significant. Uh, it, w- uh, it was fairly painless for some other businesses and for some others that actually lifted, lifted them up considerably and, and allowed for them to grow. Some of, the, some of the industries that experienced a lift from what we, what we see during, during COVID times are the, uh, the e-commerce industry, right? So you see people, a lot of people buying things over the internet as opposed to being in person. Um, 
industry that has to do with food delivery. You, you saw, you obviously see the stocks for, for Amazon and all other companies going up. Um, anything that has to do with video streaming um, because people are spending a lot more time at home. So basically by, by necessity, some of those services became a lot more in demand. Same thing happened with, uh, with SMS. So the people are, small businesses are trying to find a better way of communicating because they no longer have a way of communicating with their customers in person. So using a trusted channel uh, is, is something that's very much preferred from a small business perspective. So we saw a significant growth both for the company and the number of, number of messages that we're, we're consistently, we're handling on a consistent basis. Yes, absolutely true. It's not just only doom and gloom, right? We, in our industry, digital marketing, we've seen uh, amazing growth, not just even our own company, but just having spoken to a lot of other digital marketing agencies or anybody in digital marketing, it was like a boom year for a lot of them. Uh, so I can imagine it's probably the same thing for, for what you're experiencing. So that's Correct. great. That's, that's good to hear that things are on the up and up for you because yeah, it totally makes, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we've been recommending text messaging to our clients and using sales messages because for that particular reason, you know, how do we get in touch with our prospective clients uh, or current clients and get the message across? Um, so absolutely, totally makes sense to me because um, I mean, some, some industries definitely got the, uh, the good end of the lollipop is as you will, the, the right. sweet end of the lollipop. Um, they're cool. much better than others. Did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I guess it's just, things are, it's like a correction in the market, right? So there's a correction in the world now and it just had to shift that way. I mean, for better or worse, right? Some, some, um, some were good, some were not so good. So um, and how are you using social media for your business? Um, what are kinds? Of, what are you seeing on the social media side? Um, we're we're spending a lot of time. Um, we're 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 definitely um, a little company that could, right? So we're we're we have we have quite a few customers, uh, and we're we're just spending the time for brand management and also on social media for brand management and community building, right? Because we see that. That in order for you, uh, for for you, meaning for the for the customer, for the small business to be successful with text messaging, it needs some best practices, right? So yep. it's not only uh, just like with the email. Um, there's a right way of uh, crafting a campaign. There's a right way of engaging with your customers, and there's there is not an effective way. I wouldn't say a bad way, but there's there are some ways that are not as effective. So for us to build a community where customers, our customers can build, can help um, uh, uh, our other customers and can collaborate. And at the same time, for us to be able to, to communicate those best practices, is, this is what we're using our social media efforts for having, having webinars. We're using it for education purposes and community building purposes. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's a good way to use social media. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's one thing that I've definitely seen a lot of is the community building, um, like Facebook groups or just building a community um, on your page that uh, brings a group of people together, right? So that's a, that's a great way of using uh, social media. And then uh, another question I'd like to ask our, our guests is, you know, someone, of course, who runs a business, you probably use a lot of different tools. What is uh, a tool that is very critical or important in your business that you would recommend? 
There are two tools that I feel are absolutely indispensable and not, maybe not necessarily these tools, but these types of tools. Um, within the company, we're using Envision and SurveyMonkey. Well, why is that important? Well, because the tools I, I consider, I consider effectiveness of particular tools, um, their, their effectiveness growth, uh, grows as they're becoming more, um, as, as they're becoming enablers for multiple groups as opposed to a single group, right? So if I'm, if I'm, I'm a group of, uh, I'm a particular department using a tool and it's fully, fully encased and, and then nobody else knows about it. Yes, it's useful for me, but it's not as useful for everybody else. Now, however, some of the tools become really useful for the entire company. They'll, they'll either connect uh, people uh, between multiple departments or they will communicate knowledge. So if you look at SurveyMonkey and if you look at you, know, you look at Envision, um, SurveyMonkey is so critical is because it's the voice of our customers. So we're collecting information, we're collecting feedback from our customers uh, on our product roadmap, on our product releases, and everything that we're doing that's customer facing. That information is absolutely invaluable for us to continue aligning and realigning and micro-pivoting the business where it needs to be in delivering its product to, uh, to its customer and delivering our product to, to, uh, to the customers. And Envision is so critical is because it communicates then all the ideation process that goes through communication between product and technology is very critical. And typically this is where the breakdown occurs is information from the customers doesn't get to the product people and product people can relay that uh, that information to the customer, uh, to uh, to internal team for building it. So I consider those two tools to be essential because they're connectors. They're connectors between right. multiple groups. Yeah. So the feedback loop, right? You're creating a feedback loop for That's the entire right. business, from the customers to the internal team, back to the customers, back to the internal team. Yeah. That's so important in well building any business, right? Uh, you want to make sure that what you're building actually is working for the end user and not just you know. So many times companies are like. Engineers will build a bunch of stuff, and then and then the customers are like, "Why? Why did you do that?" <laughs> uh, We're absolutely fanatical in, yeah. in making sure that uh, we we uh, try to hear the feedback from our customers and, and incorporate it into into our product because we know that the uh, final measure of success is going to be the efficacy of our product being used by our customers. And if it's yeah. not there, then the company is not going to succeed. Absolutely. And then last question before we wrap up, I always like to ask this one. Um, what is your prediction for the industry? And this is a very open-ended question. It doesn't necessarily have to be your industry, and that it could be, but it could be terraforming Mars, AI. It could be uh, living to be 150 years old. Uh, you know, anything that you that's top of mind for you that's in the near future. Well, what's top of mind for me is um, just in general, if we're, we're going to abstract ourselves from the industry, um, then the top of mind for me that our life is going to significantly change within a few years. And it's going to be, it's going to be driven, uh, sorry for tautology, it's going to be driven by self-driving cars, right? Self-driving cars are significantly going to change the life around us. And why, why is that? Well, self-driving cars are not going to have as much impact for individuals. They're going to have a lot of impact for the businesses. Uh, you're going to have lots of businesses. They're just simply going to disappear, right? So it's the, the pizza delivery, it's the truck drivers, right? And then we'll have 
it will have a trickle-down effect on, on everything else. So I am predicting that within a couple of years, we're going to have millions of unemployed people who are gainfully employed now, which we need to find we need to find work and meaningful work for them, and and uh, just 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 that alone is gonna is gonna put a strain on on everything we see around us, right? And our our entire world is gonna change. We're not gonna own the car anymore. This this is gonna be a shared service, and if it's a shared service, then then there's gonna be some specialties around these cars, and advertisement is gonna change quite significantly because that's where we're gonna spend the time. So there's that that's gonna all by itself, self-driving cars have a way of just basically changing our our entire our entire um, set set of um, you know set of workflows and principles that we operate on uh, on the day-to-day basis. I absolutely agree with you about the self-driving cars thing. That is something that I've been thinking a lot about, and I, I do absolutely think that this is gonna be a complete change on how yeah how we just go about our day-to-day lives it's going to be a big impact uh some for good maybe some for not good but i mean i always believe in technology moving forward so i don't you know i think that even though it's again there's with changes some people are going to benefit some people are not but that's just how it always is right same thing happened with covid same thing happens with every revolutionary change but yes uh, so many different things are going to be like insurance is going to be different right advertising like you said is going to be different how we how we interact with others is going to be different right so all of this um yeah we're not going to probably own cars anymore we're probably gonna you know it's going to be like the uber version of car of like of just getting a car, it'll come to you, you'll get in and then you'll go to its next destination, right? Um, so it's going to be a completely different way on how we how we interact in the future. I totally think so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was great. I love these conversations, especially, you know, the futuristic ones. <laughs> okay. It's always interesting to hear where people's minds are. You know, some always some stick very close to home. They're like, oh, my industry, you know, what's what I think is going to happen. Some are like, I think we're going to live to be 150 years old and these right. are the medical you know technology changes that we're going to see some talk about self-driving cars so i, I love having this open-ended question so awesome no, um, I do as well. yeah <laughs> well last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you if they want to learn about you or a sales message um if uh if uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of me and that they can do it through a sales message salesmessage.com uh, or just just email me on my Gmail or Yahoo account. It's ssanduko at yahoo.com or ssanduko at gmail.com. And that's that's the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Love it. Thanks so much. Great to reconnect. It's been a few years. So good always always good to hear how everyone is doing in my network. And thanks so much for being here. Absolutely, Gene. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun.